0: All right. Thanks for joining us. This is episode number six. Um, Today we have Brent Wahlberg here who is a well-known realtor in kind of Missoula surrounding area. Yeah. 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 You do some stuff out of, out of town. A
1: little bit. Yeah. Western Montana, I suppose I could say. Yeah. That's kind
0: of what we say too. Western Montana. Brent has been in real estate for over 21 years or over 20 years. Did you say 21?
1: It'll, It'll be 21 in July.
0: That's a long time. Yeah,
1: yeah. I got licensed when I was 20 years old. So you've so.
0: technically never really done anything else.
1: No, I haven't. And that's kind of the fascinating thing about real estate, especially when I got into it in the in you know late 90s, early 2000s. Real estate for a lot of people was a, a second or third career or kind of a wind down career for a lot of people. And for me, it was I was literally still in college and I yeah. dropped out of school at that point to get into real estate full time and work with my mom. So uh, it, it's my first career and my only career
0: that's awesome yeah yeah and Brent has a real uh passion for an interest in statistics information um data gathering right yeah you, so yes. I feel like we learned a lot <laughs> from so uh, we have Katie on here also Katie Moriarty hello. hello and Katie uh worked with me in the marketing company before I got my real estate license when I got my license Windermere's where I went and I actually didn't even interview anywhere else yeah um just went to Windermere because at that time I felt like they were kind of the nicest you know in terms of luxury yeah. since that was the my yeah. goal to get into Absolutely. um and had such a great experience there so Brent and his mom you guys actually joined after I was there is that right
1: so we we came over to Windermere in 2011 so, so I, I think, was there before you, I think you got there like right before. Yeah, me, yeah I did you? something yeah.
0: before Brent. Um, so yeah, I was there right before you guys joined cause you had yeah. Remax at that time.
1: We did. Yeah. So mom opened the local Remax in 1995 and then we closed it in 2011 and came over to Windermere. That's right. Yeah, and yeah. you've been there
0: ever since. Mm-hmm. Ever since. That's great.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Is your
0: mom kind of winding down? Is she retiring a little bit or is she still loving it?
1: You know, for mom, uh, Lifelong real estate agent as well, too, and uh, just enjoying life uh, with six grandkids here in town. And so mom is, we're we're saying 95% retired because I don't know if like old realtors actually ever retire. I don't think they do.
0: It'd be hard to do, though, right? Because there's always one more deal or there's someone that you want to help and you feel... Yeah. A, a connection to them that you want to help, okay. Then also, your sister's on your team,
1: yes. My sister, uh, Chris, she came and joined us about when we came uh, right that's before right. we came over. So, yep. uh, Chris probably had her license similar about the time when you got started, too. That's so, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Chris is still with us. She, uh, you know, it's she works a lot with um, she's a veteran herself, so a Navy vet, and so she oh, works, not know that, yeah, yeah. So, she, um, she works a lot with uh, veterans and VA clients. She she lives in Lolo. She coaches a soft, two softball teams for oh, her two awesome. uh, two of her girls currently, and probably the third once she gets to softball age. And uh, yeah, and she's so,
0: very sweet. I really like Chris a lot. She,
1: yeah, she's 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 very uh, hard, independent worker as well too. Yeah. And So um, it's interesting because my team with mom and I we work side by side, and Chris and I are a little bit more kind of stovepipe where we don't do we don't go to a lot of appointments together all the same do our own thing together do our own things but still work together as a team so
0: and now courtney's licensed
1: yes so my wife was a property manager for quite some time Uh Uh, it's kind of funny i tell the story that uh before the real estate bubble uh burst i drove to san diego and pitched missoula as an investment uh potential to basically these seminars that would tell people to get Get the biggest home equity line of credit you can against your San Diego house, which is worth you know six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars, and then buy a whole bunch of houses in low cost, high rental towns. And so I drove to San Diego, and pitched Missoula, and we sold like nine or ten homes. And but then we had to manage it, and so my wife got her property manager's license oh, at got that time. It and managed I even, them. I didn't even know yeah, that story. Yeah, and so Courtney managed a small book and then the real estate bubble bursts, and then a lot of people need help with property management and she kind of expanded her book of business to uh, client referrals. And it actually it worked out really well because um, property management, um, while maybe not the most glamorous job, a lot of times, it does allow for a lot of flexibility with work where, sure. you're, where you're on the phone, you're at home and things like that. So when our kids were younger pre, you know, preschool type age, uh, it allowed her, us a lot of flexibility with childcare. Yeah, and so well, perfect. But you know, after after a while, um, ready to move on. And Courtney was, had always played a really good support role for us, and so we got her license, and now she's really starting to kind of come into a little bit more of her own as well, too. Yeah. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. let me
0: ask you a question. When you have a team that is all family, yeah, any fights? Be honest.
1: <laughs> my sister and I. Yeah. My sister and I get in a few fights uh, here and there. We haven't much recently, but, you know, it's kind of like a sibling thing, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because... Katie
0: I, fights with her siblings all the time.
1: Yeah. Do you, but you, do you, you don't you? do work with any of your siblings, though. No. No. I mean,
2: well, we're kind of like family. Matt and I fight all the time, too.
0: Matt doesn't have a mic but he is laughing You guys are all Uh,
1: arguing before we hit record Yeah that's
0: right (laughs) That wasn't really arguing that was just our daily We love Matt so much he's awesome Um, But no I just I always wonder that Because Raleigh Mm -hmm. has her real estate license And also her property management license And she manages my stuff and there's just sometimes those little snippy things that mm-hmm. wouldn't happen if someone worked for you that wasn't family. Like when yeah. I say, "Hey, where's my statement?" She was like, "Oh my god, I sent it an hour ago. Check your email." Yeah. You know, so sometimes things like that, where I'm like, "You don't get to talk to me that well," I guess you do. Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I think the the bigger, because like my sister and I growing up, like we're siblings, we argue, yeah. so we're we're used to butting heads every now and then. Yeah. But um, when Courtney came to work with us, it, there would be like we all have had like stressful days in the office, and so maybe you just say something. That you kind of immediately wish you said and of course in, in a marriage and relationship we all do that but it's like in a professional setting yeah uh, there's kind of there'd be it was a little bit of an adaptive time for the both of us because while i don't do it a lot there would just be moments where it'd be like a, a stressful day in the office or a stressful couple hours or a tense phone call and just uh breaking that apart from this is this is work yeah. stress versus relationship stress and so we had a small adaptation to that just to make sure. And, and usually, I, you know, I'd say something dumb and then immediately apologize. And, and now she's just like, yeah, I know, I know. So it, there's some adjustment, but yeah. it, it's worked really well. Good, yeah, good.
0: Yeah. And you guys have been, I know, I mean, full disclosure, I've actually tried to get Brent to come and join us and be <laughs> our supervising broker a long time ago. And he had, he's very loyal to Windermere, which I totally appreciate. And yeah. the minis in Brower, are awesome.
1: Yep, yep. It's a great place. I, it's a great family, great ownership. And yep. I think... I think we talk about this a lot, Missoula has a lot of well run and well supported real estate companies here. Uh, There's a lot of good brokerages and so it's just great to have like a nice connected real estate family with, with, with a lot of good managers and good owners. Uh, because it it makes this industry a lot easier to work in because you hear stories from other places and it's 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 a very different setting. So it's yeah. one of the things that I love about working in Missoula.
0: I would agree. And the thing yeah. that I never understand when things kind of go south or when you do have difficulty, and not that I'm never difficult, but the only time I'm difficult is if you don't do your job. Sure. Then I get like, come on, like get the paperwork over. You miss the debt, you know, whatever it is. Oh, yeah. But the, it's um we all have the same goal, right? Oh, yeah. We're all trying to get to closing and right. we're all trying to take good care of our clients. So I never understand kind of the friction.
1: Well, and you. OK, statistically, 85 percent of all real estate sales involve two different agents from different companies. Right. Yeah. And so as you look at. You know in that that those type of odds the amount of uh just basically you got to work side by side yeah and and so just that supportive level and and making sure that yeah you're cooperating together as best as possible It's not so hostile yeah so, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah and yeah. you're uh, kind of known for that you're just such a kind, a kind you really are <laughs> thank you're you really katie wouldn't you agree Oh, absolutely! And when we started it, no. yeah, right. What if she was like, uh, "I disagree. No. <laughs> I think Brent's a jerk, actually." Um, bringing we, all
1: the guests of people that yeah, do not like me. Oh, like, everyone back on Brent.
2: <laughs> no, when we were when we first started at Windermere, I was we were very inexperienced in real estate, and
0: yeah. I always felt comfortable talking to Brent. Like he yeah. didn't make <laughs> you feel dumb if you had a question. I actually think you helped me navigate how to even get onto MLS. Just probably because they're yeah you know just like I need help I don't know how to do any of this so I think you were super helpful so they're they're lucky to have you. Oh thanks. Um, Okay, let's move from that into um, why you're mad at me.
1: Why I'm mad? Oh right, we said
0: in the in the live you said you're mad at me and you would talk about it in the podcast (laughs) podcast and I can't I can't I'm trying to think of what I may have done.
1: I am actually not mad at you. Okay good. (laughs) (laughs) You. So teaser ruined. Yeah. Right? So we went live and said, "I'd say why." Well, we keep you, talking. I'm really we not. need to
0: go uh, do some shuffleboarding.
1: Shuffleboarding.
0: You know who, right?
1: Yeah.
0: You know like, who really hates losing at shuffleboard?
1: I think I know who you're going to. say. Jr. Waller. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jr. and Leanna. Oh this is gosh. what happened. We Todd and I met them at the Ranch <laughs> Club and had a few drinks and started playing shuffleboard. And he, I for, I just sometimes forget how competitive he is. And so when Todd and I, who have I had never played shuffleboard before, yeah. when we started winning, he genuinely was like, Leanna, pay attention. <laughs> we
1: so we were out there another time and it was like a bunch of families. And so we had like husbands versus wives or couples maybe. And yeah. JR at one point was playing so well, he goes to get he goes to the bar and he gets like a bag, an empty bag. And he starts reaching into it and he's like, I'm handing out all these L's, all these losses you're taking. And he just shows oh he's, so he's
0: such a character. So, yeah. And the, the beauty yeah. of it is, and Leanna could care less. No. Like oh, she's yeah. just having yeah. fun. She does not care one bit about shuffleboard or really not competitive that way. Like she's just mm. like, so did you know that I know her because she lived across the street from me and used to babysit for me? Oh, um, that's how we first became friends. I like I might have known that. Yeah. When yeah. I lived on university, she was okay. in school and lived right across, across the the way. Oh, across the way so, okay. and she started um, like dog sitting and yeah. kid sitting and we became uh, fast friends. Awesome. So I just adore her. Nice. Um, anyway. Okay. Yeah. I, I get off topic here easily. you um, Real estate. Before we get into stats, and I do yeah. want to talk about that. Yeah. What is your prediction? Because I know mm. you get, I probably get asked this, I would say 10 times a day. Me too what's happening. And I'm like, Oh my God, if we only had a crystal ball, I have no idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because I think, right. If, yeah, if if we had a crystal ball, we'd, we'd probably be filthy rich. Right. Um, but, uh, I think the next, my personal opinion, the next six 12 months are going to be quite interesting because you definitely feel like in the Western Montana perspective, the amount of building and new construction that is getting ready to go while it is materials are at an all-time high, labor's at an all-time high, so building is not inexpensive right now. Uh, it feels like the amount of growth that we're going to see, hopefully sooner than later, is going to really help in a lot of aspects of our market uh, when it comes to availability options and supply. I've talked about this a lot, and especially from a Missoula perspective, and it's interesting because when you look at stats, Missoula's uh, pace is much slower than Ravalli or, or the Flathead Northwest. Pace of what? Pace of sales, uh, especially this the, in, the, in the start of this year. But
0: that's due to lack of inventory. Due
1: to lack of inventory because Missoula uh, has not been, the last handful of years, we were not expanding with construction the way that other communities were. And so hmm. I, I talked to a lot of people about this and I, I equate it to the point of like, if you're shopping for cars and there were no new cars at all. Right. Used cars would be much more expensive right. because it's the only thing you can buy.
0: That's happening too, by the way. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you drive by car lots <laughs> yeah, and there's right. nothing in them. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but so, but so then it's like, okay, then all of a sudden there's you know twenty new trucks in this parking lot right. that you can buy. You're not gonna you're not gonna pay five thousand more for a three year old model with forty thousand miles on it. Right. And so you're gonna see some correction, not not price drop. I think a lot of people ask, is there a bubble or bubbles being built up? Um, having been through the lead up the burst and the recovery and where we are now uh the bubble was built a lot on you know mortgage practices that you know most definitely were you know unacceptable you're talking
0: back in like oh seven oh seven yeah
1: i tell a story about i told the story last night in a home buyer education class where um 2006 when courtney and i bought our second home i had a two-minute phone call with my lender to get approved for the mortgage and i provided no credit no income no tax returns or anything
0: that's insane i was approved and that's what did it that's what did the first (laughs) one yeah stated
1: income no income no assets, stuff like that and so it's like this market's not being built upon that like you you have to qualify for a mortgage or you're coming in with real cash from situations you you know so i think it, it seems like as more new construction enters especially in the missoula market because I feel like the flathead market has been growing a lot more uh, exponentially, both statistically agent population right. and uh, and otherwise. Uh, it's going to help provide more options, make things still competitive, but maybe a little less like hyper competitive, like we're seeing for a lot of buyers right. in this market. Which is good. Um, it's very good. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I think the rest of this year, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a year where you just have to expect competition and, right. and multiple offers and a lot of you know missed opportunities. You with, think
0: that's going to continue? Cuz I'm yeah. I feel like every day there's more inventory which I kind of think it oh helps. thank god cuz that does help. I feel bad for buyers and like we have buyers agents that um mm-hmm. oh my gosh they're working so hard, yep. you know, and yep. not not everything sticks not everything sticks i've made a couple of offers for buyers where i'm shocked you know we come in so so far over list price no contingencies nothing and And still get beat out i'm like how is this happening
1: yeah and you know the one thing i tell a lot of buyers right now is like you look at there, there is new inventory coming out and in a lot of these situations you know fortunately where we're seeing houses go under contract. It is removing competition from the market. So hopefully that as more people get in and purchase and and we hit more of this kind of spring bump that we usually see in listing supply, it's going to level off a little bit, but I just, I mean, outside of hundreds of homes being dumped into each individual marketplace, it's still going to remain competitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hear instances of houses with what 15, 20, 25 offers, over a hundred showings through, you know, four or five days. And of course, we're talking price points where people are trying to find affordable options, especially. Uh, it just it, it's 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 tough out there. Yeah. So and that's not gonna cure itself immediately. And like I talk about with new construction, new homes don't spring up overnight. That's right. You know? And
0: well, right now construction materials are so expensive. Ooh, yeah. One a good friend of mine who is a contractor here in town said now they're struggling even getting supplies so he was Hmm. saying he's getting bids for concrete from out of state I'm like what like there's no concrete yeah who would have ever like that's something that never even occurred to me how do you rocks right (laughs) how do you make concrete like how is there no concrete so i think that that is just something that's going to continue yeah Yeah. um and so there's a i feel like i mean i have a ton of new construction under Mm -hmm. contract And fortunately, they kind of got under contract a little bit earlier but it's expensive right now
1: it is it's expensive to build Yeah. yeah uh and that's gonna be the interesting thing as you move forward i mean I just read something where I think it said like February of 2021, the most amount of like lumber was produced, but the demand actually doubled even higher than its production. Oh really? So it's like you look at, we're trying to catch up but now the demand is still growing and growing and growing. So uh, it's not going to fix itself anytime soon, but there definitely seems to be things in place that's, that's trying to overcome or or meet the current demand as it keeps going. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... I know. Sorry. Someone's trying to haul in. That's a lot of water. He, he's
2: did, not going to make it over the door order, jam. Did, did we order that much water? <laughs> I think that's how much we always order. Oh,
0: that's a lot of water. Good. Everyone just started
1: looking behind I know. I sorry. It like, was like, this poor nervous? guy no, can, can
0: barely on? get in. This it's all for of all of our shops, so. though. Oh, got it. Yeah, got it. <laughs> um, okay, so that is the biggest thing is, again, I just feel like everybody's yeah. asking. And originally, yeah. I was actually telling my buyers, mm-hmm. like, just hold off. Like, the market is going to... It won't... This is kind of crazy. It probably won't continue. But now, I can't I wish, you know, yeah, I it's mean, not softened.
1: I mean, uh, I I can think of three specific people right now, a year ago, where we they were like, you know, I'm just going to take a year. Yeah. I'm just going to wait. The, like, it's important. It, the, the midst of a COVID shutdown, mm-hmm. uh, I think things are going to level off and I think I'll be fine. And now it's like, hey, the median sales price is, you know, $92,000 higher in Missoula than it was at this point last year. And so I think you look at, even if growth slows to more of a normal pace, uh, we're still going to see continued gains for people. So uh, I tell a lot of people right now, if you are qualified and capable, be patient in the market and realize it's going to take a little while to get into a house. But I would probably not tell a lot of people to give it another year because who knows where we could be at that point. Who knows what
0: will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Part of, um, I'm primarily a listing agent and uh, thanks to John Brower I remember him telling me early in my career like (laughs) he who has the most listing wins. yeah Um, so I I primarily am a listing agent but um, what I'm seeing too is you know what makes me feel bad is buyers get so frustrated because they they're coming in with their best shot and still not getting it but I do also believe I'm a big believer that things happen for a reason so they just have to kind of wait it out like you said and See what else comes on the market, but another thing I'm having come up is I have listings that are waiting because mm-hmm. they're so worried they won't find anywhere to go. Yeah. So yeah. they want to sell, but they're wondering like they don't. So I wish I would have invested in like um, airstreams.
2: Yeah. Right? Because we
0: could be selling airstreams and people could just live there until something comes up. Like hang that's what's happening. Camper. Yeah, hang out in the camper. Or just-
2: I told Donna if I sell my house, I'm gonna have to move into a camper in her driveway.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, we have a guest house you can stay in. You have kids. Doesn't Maris live in there? No, no. And she's moving to LA. Okay,
2: Moriarty's. And Maddox says it'd be like a sitcom.
0: It would be like a sitcom. (laughs) Would you Would you ever help with like dinner? I'm a great cook, Max. Max cleans your house. Would he clean mine? Yeah. (laughs) All right,
2: deal. Yours is a little bit bigger than mine. (laughs)
0: All right, Katie's moving in. (laughs)
2: Perfect. Um,
0: But that is part of the problem with listings, right? People are like, we've We've fortunately successfully negotiated a couple situations where the owner was able to rent back yeah. um, for a period of time because that's the hard thing because there's nowhere for him to go.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're it's fascinating the amount of strategies that we're seeing where, I mean, this is, this market sellers hold all the advantages. Yeah. And so uh, where sellers are like, well, I could sell, but I don't know where I'm going to live. It's like, you would be surprised as a seller to know the amount of buyers that are willing to give you, a rent back or they'll extend closing yeah. or they'll do both and they don't care because they're just happy to have the house under contract. Yeah. And so um, as someone who I, I'm kind of two to one on my buyers to seller side, so I work a lot with buyers as well and myself. And so I'll tell you, I, I'm seeing more and more listings come out where it's, you know, we can't close till August 1st, like yeah. right now. And um, is that showing slowing activity and offers based upon what I'm hearing from listing agents? Absolutely not. So I think you could, a lot of sellers, there's, there's a lot of buyers right now that are very happy to give you as much time as you need to find another place as well too. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: that is definitely something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I've got some really beautiful listings coming up that you're going to probably want to sell.
1: Cool. Cool.
0: I'll let you know when I'm within my clear cooperation. Clear cooperation. (laughs) That's (laughs) right. You know, I'm a rule follower. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um
0: okay let's talk about stats i know yeah. you have some good information
1: yeah i mean i wrote down a handful of stats and and i i'm gonna assume your podcast has a much more kind of broader reach than you know just like the missoula county type area so i pulled all over the uh, world all Brent. over the world all right. over the world, world <laughs> worldwide wow world impressive. global <laughs> <laughs> worldwide
0: podcasts
1: yeah, so um, it, it's kind of interesting as we as we look in this market. So I kind of, I, I hinted to it a little bit before, but uh, I pulled some quick sales, just activity and data and information. I looked at Missoula County, I looked at Ravalli County, and I went up to Flathead County as well too. Great. And uh, interestingly, uh, Missoula sales volume, I don't think it surprises anyone that works with buyer's agents. Uh, our pace is about 12% down volume so far year to date compared to this point last year. So even in the midst of a COVID shutdown, uh, Missoula's sales volume of 339 sales is about 12% off of where it was at this point. Now, what we're going to see in the next month, month and a half, cause we have, <clears throat> I think it's something right now, Missoula, we've got like, I think we have 108 active listings in the Missoula city limits mm-hmm. and we have like 360 under contract listings. So I think our wow. sales volume is going to play a bit of catch up yeah, because April and May of 2020, uh, was a little bit of a slower closing window. And then of course, as we all know, the summer really kind of expanded as we got back into reopening and and volume picked up
0: but again don't you think that that number it's not for lack of buyers that's lack of inventory
1: bingo yeah yeah yeah, because i'm so smart you are look at you (laughs) why am i even here (laughs) here i'm just gonna hand you the numbers okay No, (laughs) no.
0: but i mean that makes sense just because i feel like we have more buyers than ever trying and just not enough inventory
1: it's interesting I, i tell people that having worked in the real estate bubble years um at that point especially 09 10 and 11 all of us had all sorts of listings. I think at one point I had like 21 listings, which for me is is a lot. Um, but none of us had buyers
0: because you do a lot of other stuff. When yeah. we moved over from um, Sotheby's, yeah. England Vokers, we had a hundred listings. Yeah,
1: and so now you flip it. And yeah. it's like everyone has all sorts of buyers. Right. And if you're not uh, traditional, like just like you, like listing a bunch of properties, like you've got one or two or three or four listings. So right. it, it's it's like it's the pendulum's gone the other way. It yeah. feels like so. Yeah. Um, and then so Missoula right now, like our year to date, which this number is going to keep moving, but your median sales price in Missoula, Missoula County is $422,500. Uh, and when I put, when I look at supply, supplier, we talk about options available and um, homes to buy. We're less than one month worth of total supply. Nine wow. times a month. Yeah. So we talk about, oh, there's, look at all this new listing activity. Yeah. It is just continually gone. going, 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 mm-hmm. going, gone. So yeah. um, what, it,
0: what was it when, what was it? What was the average home sale price when I started? It was like in the two hundred and.
1: So you came in in 2011. Yep. Right. Or 2010. 2010. 2010. 2010. It would have been about one ninety eight five.
2: Well, because that's when we started with a you... home over five hundred thousand, we considered luxury. Oh yeah. And now I feel like we've totally had to adjust how we market that because it's different. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. that, that. median sales price is four forty or whatever you just said. Yeah. So it's.
1: So it's 422.5. That's you crazy. Know.
0: Huge jump.
1: When we, when we first started doing our statistics of supply, we broke out part by price point and we stopped at 425 because we're like, Oh, there's nothing over 425. Yeah, and it's even it's- selling, And now that's our median sales price. Isn't that crazy? So, uh, I mean, it's, it's just a sign to, you know, where the market's gone and what it's done. And, and yeah, so 2010, that was the floor. That was the lowest uh, point of median sales price from the, Uh, uh, the real estate bubble. And then from that point on, Missoula's values and most of Montana started going up.
0: So the hard part is, and I don't mean to, I know you have some good information. I want to hear the rest But the hard part about that is, and I'm sure you get this too, as realtors, we get blamed for the lack of affordable housing when Mm -hmm. the truth is because supply and demand and the materials Mm -hmm. are so expensive, we have nothing to do with that. No. I literally get emails saying, stop selling our state to all these out of state <laughs> pigs. I'm not all kidding. the time. Yep. Fine. And I'm like, how, first of all, thank you that you think I'm selling the whole state. That's crazy. But also <laughs> that they're they're coming anyway. Like that has nothing to do with me. I just happen to be the one with the listing that maybe, that maybe they're feeling that way, but I'm sure, I'm sure everybody else is getting those emails too, oh, yeah. where I'm like, how can they think that that doesn't make any sense? Absolutely. Obviously, well, it's not our fault.
1: I mean, we are we are you know we are agents that work within the stream that this market is. Yeah. And so. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. So it's like we are. We're just swimming. We're swimming. We're we and well we we try to be the guide as well too. We're yeah. trying to help people move through this, navigate through what this market is, and so yeah. It, That's it's, a great
0: analogy. That
1: is. <laughs> it's like um, sellers and buyers ultimately set the price we educate the seller, we provide the data, we provide the information, we provide the marketing. Uh, We provide all the tools and then the counsel and the expertise through the whole process. But it is the seller and the buyer that come together and set the prices that occur. That's right. And so if people come from Stevensville to buy a million dollar house in Missoula or Seattle or somewhere in Europe, it's it's the market that is that is causing that to occur, and it's the price they're willing to pay for a home. Right. So whether it's in state, out of state, it's 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 really hard to say the agents are the people to blame, uh, because we we help educate the people and how navigate through the process. Uh, but ultimately, it's the buyer and seller. That's that just ignorance. It. it is, but it, like it, it's, it's helpful to educate, and I, I think unfortunately, it's just it's conversations that never go away. Yeah. I mean, my mom. So my mom was board president in 1995 uh, and at that point there was a debate about putting in a new subdivision out kind of near Fort Missoula and there was a big campaign called uh, don't pave the fort pave it like they were just going to put concrete over the <laughs> board. and so there was this whole thing that Judy Wahlberg wants to pave the fort because she was just she was like the realtor president and so there was this like big smear campaign against oh my, my mom gosh. Uh, And of course, then it's 1995. So we didn't have Facebook or anything like that or Twitter or people. So it was just letters to the editor and, you know, the Missoulian, and things like that. And so it's kind of funny thinking back then. But so some of those conversations never change. The the medium changes, but that's about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, And also, if they were the seller that I mean, we had this comment a while back on Facebook where, you know, we sold a ranch and. People are commenting on, I just hate to see people coming in from out of state. I'm a fourth generation, blah, blah, blah. Well, aren't you happy to see your family, the value of what they've put their whole life's work into be mm-hmm. as what it is today? Mm-hmm. Like I would think if they were the seller, they would feel differently. And at the end of the day, we're just doing our jobs. We
1: are. We absolutely so, are. Yeah. yeah. Totally so, you. Yeah. All
0: right. I'm off on that rant. Great. Okay. Getting back to stats. I know I kind of tend to, um, my, that's how my brain works. I'm off on different tangents. Um, and, and Katie's really good about doing, we do stats once a month. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this is what you do.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think, uh, of course a lot, what I do with the housing report, we try to present with, um, on behalf of the Missoula organization realtors to just provide, just the numbers without uh, a lot of just um intent to steer or bias or anything like right. that um, but it, it really just focuses on missoula so i think uh you know good agents good brokerages track stats track numbers and stay aware of things like that so uh okay so katie so i'm going to test you then <laughs> so you pull stats so in, in our in, so in our housing report so this mm-hmm. is missoula only uh so we track uh, the highest median sales price by neighborhood. And then we also track volume by neighborhood as well too. So for 2020, uh, what do you think the top volume just kind of general neighborhood area and like, and I think, you know, when I say neighborhood, I'm not talking like, like, um, just uh 44 ranch or the ranch club or something like that, but like kind of our, you know, areas of town. So what do you think the number one is in Missoula? Yeah.
0: We don't track that. I don't track ah, it that. But I don't do, go into like that. But like, you probably
2: still have a pretty good idea. So my guess, I'm going to say west of Missoula, like west Missoula, mm-hmm. like, you
1: know, Mullen Road west. Yep. There you go. Am I right? Yep. You absolutely are. Oh. Nicely done. Good guess. Any, no. guess <laughs> any guess from the two on what the other top two might be?
2: Um, For like.
1: Areas of town in Missoula. Top North volume. Missoula? No. East Missoula? <laughs> No,
2: no, you're just guessing
1: directions.
0: South. South? <laughs> South Missoula.
1: So number two is actually uh, kind of your central Missoula stretch, but interestingly, that's a very it's a very tight little bracket, and so it's Russell to Reserve. So like Lewis and Clark. River school to school district yeah. area. Okay. Uh, well, n- not so much. No, not Lewis oh. and Clark. No. So uh, west of Russell, east of Reserve. So you're Franklin to oh. the, Franklin to the fort. Yeah, I that think. little like triangle area. Okay. Kind of yeah. Yep. you go from the river. To basically 39th Street. Okay. Second highest amount of volume. That's really crazy. Yeah. Also, our second lowest median sales price. So, you look at people trying to me. get into housing. Yeah. That's where you go. And the third, South of Missoula, yeah. the Miller Creek area. Yeah. So, Linda Vista, Maloney Ranch, uh, Lower Miller Creek, Upper Miller Creek. Part
0: right of right that around. is just density. There's a lot of houses there. So, sure there's a lot of new ones going so in there. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, let's flip it to median sales price, year end median sales price. What do you think was the top neighborhood area, highest median sales?
0: University. Distance. University. Wrong. Slant streets. Wrong. Rattlesnake. Yes. Okay.
1: Rattlesnake. Half a million. Five hundred thousand dollars. Median sales price.
0: You know why? Because
2: Don sold all those houses up there all those last year.
1: Big sales he <laughs> did there's, out there. Big sales up there. Yeah. But again, we report median sales price. So the the one thing that we try to do with statistics uh, for the Realtors Association. So median is where you go lowest to highest, you stretch it all out mm-hmm. and you grab the dead center. Yeah. Where average, of course, you add it all up, divide by the means. So this, and so sometimes, now Rattlesnake, yes, but like, so if you have a couple, two, three, four million dollar sales up in the Rattlesnake, that average, I would bet if you probably pulled the average sales price up there, it's way, way higher than $500,000. Mm-hmm. For 000. sure. So, but it's still, so still, despite all volume in, in that area and, and a handful of outliers that could really pull the average, the mm-hmm. median sales price remains the highest. Hmm. Grant Creek was the second, right behind it at 499
0: <laughs> Wow. Also not too surprising. Yeah. No. yeah.
1: Interestingly though, uh, the Miller Creek area was third at 450000 So third highest in volume, third highest in median sales price. But huh. again, look at where most of, most larger scale new construction is going. Right. So Miller that makes Creek, sense. Linda Vist area. I'm yeah. just surprised
2: that sense. the university area isn't in there unless they... So I think what what part of that area is pulling just, it down? There hasn't been
0: a ton of turnover there. There hasn't the been a
1: lot of turnover. So what the Missoula organization Realtors do is they do lump in both the Slant Street with the University area. So, but Lewis and Clark is its own, and then of course anything north of the river is its mm-hmm. own as well too. But uh, yeah, I think the the University area median sales price. I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it was just right under the Miller Creek, like that kind of. Now this is year end, so of right. course we think about the last four months it's probably been climbing quite a bit Mm -hmm. but uh but yeah and i think lack of overall volume in that area some a lot of these neighborhoods uh university area being one of them just not a lot's been going on right right yeah Yeah. so and there have
2: been some smaller homes in like that slam street area selling that could absolutely i'll watch you with that
1: Yep. yep For sure. Huh?
0: Makes yeah, sense. All right. right. What do what okay. do you have for us? a fun talk about, game. Let's talk about <laughs> the Bitterroot. That is a fun
1: game. So uh Bitter Valley, this this I thought was kind of interesting. So uh you look down Valley County and uh last year, so Missoula saw a volume increase of eleven and a half percent. Ravalli saw a little bit more, actually twelve percent uh sales volume increase. Okay. Uh, right now they are actually a little ahead of pace of so where they were last year, uh, but a higher median sales price than Missoula County. Four forty three, seven fifty. Really? Yeah, yeah. More supply as well too. One point one months, not a lot, but a little bit more supply. So I broke it down because I was like, "This is interesting. Like, what's going on here?" But when I looked at the year end, uh, it's fascinating because the median sales prices just tend to kind of drop further down. Okay. I'm kicking myself though I didn't check Darby because I know you list a lot of high end places down in Darby, Darby, and I didn't pull their median That's sales such price there. That's a beautiful area. Oh, it too. is. Can yeah. you
0: can you let us know though?
1: I will. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, but so Florence we'll media- splice it in. Cool. Florence, <laughs> Florence median sales price, uh, essentially four hundred thousand dollars. You go to Stevensville, it's three seventy five. You go to Hamilton at the year end, it was three oh eight seven fifty.
0: Again, just inventory.
1: Inventory. More yeah, inventory. Yeah. And so, um, it's it, kind of interesting what was just going on down there. But they they finished their year end median at three sixty five, and now it's up to four forty three seven fifty. So, uh, a lot of lot of value equity growth going on in the Bitter Valley. Right. So uh, pretty impressive market stats down there. Uh, The one that really, really took off, though, and I think you could probably attest to this, was up in Flathead County.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, At the year end, they had a 33% increase in sales volume.
0: Isn't that bananas?
1: the other interesting tidbit too is I think they like doubled their real estate agent population up there. Right.
0: I did want to, I, can I can I jump back for one second? Yeah, yeah. What is the total number? Someone just asked me this the other day. Yeah. And I was like, I literally have no idea. Yeah. How many agents do we have right now in Missoula County?
1: So Missoula County, it's getting close to 765, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think I said like 1,200. I literally don't know.
1: So of course, the interesting, like, the fascinating thing with our industry, we, we are in a regional multiple listing service right. that covers the west central to western side of the whole state. Right. That has almost 3,300 agents. In okay. It. Okay. That's uh, a good number to yeah. know. So mm-hmm. the, the flathead has over 1,500 agents. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Okay. Insane. How, how many
0: yeah. of that 3,300 are new agents?
1: That's a good question. I think, I believe, I'm trying to think back. So, because uh, I've been part of the formation of the regional multiple listing service. So when we first put the whole thing together, uh, we're in our third year now. Uh, I think we had about 2,400. So we've added 600 agents to the regional in the last three years. But
0: don't you feel like there's a lot coming on right now? I think what happens is, unfortunately, it's pretty easy to get your license. And so what happens is people see a boom and they're like, oh my gosh, I should sell real estate. I know four people that want to list their house. They forget that those four people probably already have an agent and after those four. So the mm-hmm. statistic is, correct me if I'm wrong, because this is old data, because yeah. what happens with me in my tiny brain, <laughs> I get a, I get a piece of information and I hold on to it forever. <laughs> yes. Um, so I remember reading years ago mm-hmm. that 80% of new agents don't make it past the first year.
1: That's correct. Yeah. That Aver- still is correct. The average, I think the average time in business for realtors nationwide is less than two years
0: because they get in thinking that's going to be so easy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it isn't easy.
1: I mean, it's it starts easy. You maybe come in with a client or two, but then after that, it's kind of finding that groove, being able to build your business. And also, I don't think they realize how we work hard. It's tough. And especially right now, coming in with where we just talked about how competitive it is, uh, because a lot of agents, you know, a a lot of people come in as um, more heavy on the buyer side. Right. And so you're entering the most competitive market ever. Right. Right. And so it's like the amount of skill and trust and expertise that's needed from practitioners. It, it, it makes it tough. It's it's a tough market for new agents. But I think I feel like we maybe have this conversation as well. When I first came over to Windermere, it's like and I know John Brower has told people this as well, too. Like you got licensed at the bottom of the bubble. Right. After the bubble burst. And so it's like if you can if you can make it in tough markets, you're going to be a great agent for the rest of your career. Right. And so it's, it, that's kind of why I so, did it. I thought, what a yeah, good
0: learning curve yeah. to be able to really yep. grasp this. So I mean, oh, people that come into
1: the business and are successful in challenging times, it defines them and allows them to continue on for years and years and years. Right. So, yeah.
0: so my, I have one more question on that and then we'll why get back right. to the No, you're good. Um, what, don't you think, I think, I feel like we either talked about this when I was at Windermere or maybe Diane Beck and I had this conversation or maybe the three of us had this conversation. <laughs> don't you think it should, there should be, for one, I think it should be a little bit harder to get your license also i think there should be like an apprentice situation where Mm. you have to Mm -hmm. because unfortunately there's a lot of brokerages that have like a broker there's even one right now that they have one broker for the whole state they're not training they're not mentoring they're not training so i don't understand how i feel like there should be a system where you have to spend some time really working under a broker really under a broker so that you know what you're doing
1: it's been interesting. So I, so I said, I think I opened, I said, I, I serve as a state director as well. And so I have sat on the Montana association of realtors, right. professional development subcommittee work group, uh, for oof, like 11 years now. Right. And the, the biggest thing that we have continually been working on with the state board of realty regulation is the, you know, raise the bar. And it's tough because in the state of Montana, changes to license law require a legislative change. And so you have to have a sponsor for the bill. We're in session, what, four months every two years. And so uh, it's hard to make rapid change happen. But we actually looked into uh, promoting some sort of apprenticeship or something along those lines. And... uh, my my family's all from Wisconsin. My mom and dad grew up in Wisconsin. Actually, in Wisconsin, you have to be an apprentice for I think it's it's almost two years.
0: That's why you like the Packers,
1: <laughs> is it? <laughs> that's why I'm a agree- yeah. I'm, that's why I'm all all things Wisconsin. Yeah. Mom and dad grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. So I yeah. didn't even
0: know that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, but uh, I did know you're a big. That's Packers why fan. yes, Are I you? I
1: complain and cheer and and uh, you know I, everything in between about the Packers in the fall. So, um, but yeah, so there there's a lot of different models out there. I think um,
0: that's a good one though. Yeah, I mean, I, I anyone, like the apprentice. Yeah. If anyone can get that done, it's you. So uh, go no, ahead and push that through.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll just make some phone calls. There, it just I, should I, be,
0: it just should, there should be more education up yeah, front and it, more accountability.
1: It's tough. It's interesting. Cause like the discussions that continue on, there was a proposal very recently that um, did not go anywhere, but it was a suggestion and I don't know where it came up, but it was like, limiting the number of salespeople a broker can manage and it was a pretty small number and so that was met with a lot of resistance because there are a lot of managing brokers that manage more than 20 or 30 people that train and do a great job and so i think um it's tough to really define where that good medium is Mm -hmm. just because you know where we would be how you can make a one-size-fits-all rule for that um I think it could
0: be a simple thing like you and we do this here, like your yeah. first six transactions, yeah. Oh, yeah. your, your broker has to do everything on it. They oh, have yeah. to, they have to monitor Part everything you're plan. doing because yeah. that's a legal binding contract. I yeah. mean, a lot of people come in as a hobbyist and they think, yes. Yes. they think. And to be honest, when I got my license, I kind of thought, I mean, the, the market had crashed. we you know, we had the marketing company and yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, I got to do something else. But I uh, originally thought, I've got this condo in Big Fork that Mm -hmm. I need to sell and Mm -hmm. I'm going to probably list, you know, so my original thought, I didn't know I would love it as much as I do. Sure. Um, But I do think there's a lot of people that get in thinking, oh, I'll just do this part time or I'm retiring and I'll do this on the side. And it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work.
1: And and especially in this market. Yeah. Right. I mean, this, this is, there, there are so many things that we work through on each and every transaction, even the ones that seem the easiest on the surface. Right. Aren't. We hit all sorts of stuff. And so, and, and, and that's, and that's. That's the thing we talk about. And like I, I do these home buyer education classes and these other things where there's no one size fits all realtor. Right. Uh, and so people from all sorts of different backgrounds, real estate's not a moo. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, you so, can make that an inspirational quote. Right, no.
0: Real estate is not a poncho. It is not. Or a moo. Yeah. Yes. Or a moo. And you can't just come from any other career where you have no experience in real estate. Um, and, and just think that you can walk in and write contracts. Like that's my point. Is you, you. Yep. you, need to understand. And the other thing is, we're not lawyers. Right. Boy, the minute I have a question, I'm on the phone with my lawyer. Like I'm not going to absolutely, you know,
1: absolutely.
0: I, I have to protect my clients.
1: Well, again, you look at you look at companies like mine, like yours, yeah. where where you have a great tier where we you have experienced, and knowledgeable managers. You have experienced, and knowledgeable ownership, and you have good legal counsel. That's right. And it's like you you put that all together, and and, and even new. Well, but well supervised agents can take great care of people. Sure. But yeah, so it's it's an interesting time out there.
0: Yeah. Okay. You'll work on that though.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I'll make some calls. I'll get it done by Good. this afternoon. Awesome. <laughs> hey, we're in session, right? Oh no, we're not. Not today. Oh. So, um, yeah, but the capital's closed because there's a COVID outbreak.
0: Oh shoot. <laughs> Did you know that um, Canada's shut down again? They're they're on their third phase of total shutdown. I,
1: I read some stuff about that. Yeah. Terrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah but me vaccinated I'm two weeks out we're Same like here.
1: we're, we're like, like
0: superheroes right I can just walk around breathing.
1: It's, it's it's weird though like to go like to I don't know yeah it, we've I've become so conditioned with just a lot yeah. of you know human contact and and uh, being in places with crowds and stuff like that and so you know I've never liked that
0: stuff. stuff like I've never liked concerts <laughs> I've never I've always really? worried about germs so for me some of this I'm like all right this is gonna be awesome I don't have to shake hands anymore because
1: that's really gross. <laughs> When you think of it well it's funny the things you think about too where it's like you know I, some joke about bowling you know with friends where you're all like putting your hand in a bowling ball and everyone's eating nachos and everyone's high-fiving and all this stuff like this and it's like that's just nasty and it it's like so all these things that's like changing behaviors but i mean I, i've joked with people uh i have like i got a little cold in the fall and that's it and i haven't ha- i haven't like and i'm a person that like catches everything uh our friend jr had joked i would be the first person in Missoula to catch COVID or something as well too just because I was like the guy every single month it seemed like I had a cold or something. But so it's like these changing of behaviors. I haven't gotten sick and it's been kind of nice. So Todd
0: was saying yeah. that there's been no flu. Yeah. I mean, because, Oh, statistically. Yeah. yeah. Maybe flu season we should, there are certain things that I will always wear a mask for now.
1: Um, same, mm-hmm. here, same here.
0: Airports, you know, yep. standing in lines. Yep. Like there's certain things that I'll always wear a mask for. Yep. So yep. why not? So. Okay. Anyway.
1: Promotion of more healthy behaviors. Yeah. I like it. Okay, so back
0: to the stats.
1: What we were talking, Flathead, how wild it is up there. So I pulled some urine uh, median sales prices up there, and so this is a market I don't really work in as much. So you two might not be as surprised by these numbers as me. Uh, Pulson median sales price 373750 three seven fifty. Kalispell three hundred thirty thousand and Whitefish three hundred thirty five thousand.
0: Oh, that one shocks me. I thought they would be higher, way higher. Yeah, all yeah, of them, that, that, even just like the stuff that I've done recently. Not, not Kalispell, I wouldn't think as much, just because they're not on a lake, but like with yeah. whitefish, yeah. Being a resort town yeah. and a lake, I would yeah. think that would be way higher. But also, Polson, I would 35. think would be higher, just because it's that south end yeah. of the lake. So there's some big sales happening mm-hmm. on
1: in, that. Yeah, those are huh. I mean, that is interesting interesting was year end. Year end. So okay. Again, so yeah. So okay. where the oh, let's so see. nothing new. Okay. Yeah. So Flathead. So Flathead's year end was three eighty. And now it's $433,929 countywide. So also up. But but again, uh, you look at, um, I think, me. increases. Missoula is up 72 from year end. Flathead then would be up, what would that be? $72,000? 72,
0: 72000
1: Flathead's up 53000 from year end. And Ravalli is up um, uh, about 80000 So Flathead's actually the slowest gain year to date so far.
0: With the most agents.
1: Yeah, with the most agents.
2: They've just had no inventory. Yeah, Sitting in on those office meetings, that's something they all talk about. There's just nothing for sale up there. Yeah. Yeah. Or there hasn't
0: been. Kristen was just saying last week, they had like, it was under 30 active listings. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. I think Missoula's 106 is not enough.
2: Right. (laughs) And that was, I don't know, I know even recently, like we said, we've seen more and more listings coming on, but a couple of meetings where it was just
0: sad. Not much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So everybody's kind of sitting around waiting for.
1: Yeah. I think a lot. And then it's like, yeah. Yeah. Refresh the hot sheet. See Mm -hmm. see what's new. See what's new. See what's new. Yeah. Brent,
0: what's your favorite thing about real estate?
1: Oh my goodness. Not that
0: you know any other job, right? Right.
1: I know nothing else. Um, (laughs) I mean, I, I, I do genuinely enjoy that. I, I work with family. Um, I love helping people. And I think about all these situations where, um, especially, uh, just, just great moments, just real feel good moments. Right. And uh, it can be, I can think of an instance where uh, I was working with some people and we were looking for over two years, the last couple of years. And then we finally found the right place. And like, um, it was a piece of land that touched forest service of nine mile. And uh, these clients of mine, we were getting pretty cynical about finding options that they were looking for. And so we finally find this one and they, we, we, climb under this fence and here's national forest service and she starts crying and they start hugging and we bought the land and they've built this greenhouse and it's like those kind of moments and yeah. you just there's so many of those when you just help people um it, I, I just it's 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 those little moments that i just i really love about this business yeah very yeah.
0: satisfying that yeah, way absolutely have you ever fired a client of course
1: what'd you say um gosh i you you're know fired you're fired <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I, when sometimes when I fire clients, I I, I will break up by a text. Um, <laughs> you do. Oh, that is <gasps> ouch. <laughs> Ow! That
0: would be cool. Uh, so it, it's, it's not you, it's me. No. Um,
1: <laughs> I, you know, I, I think I've 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 had a handful of just phone conversations where it's like this is just not working. Best of luck to you. But I think in a lot of situations, I I talk to a lot of people about this when I'm educating people, like right, a real estate relationship in a lot of cases can be about just a good fit. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you can get into a working relationship with someone and really quickly you realize this is not going to work out. And so you, and both parties sometimes recognize that. So you can very nicely and easily just part ways. (laughs) Have have you
0: really learned to, I feel like in this job, I just more and more just really trust my gut. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like there's times that I just walk away thinking, gosh, that would be an amazing Listing. Yep. But I'm, and you know what I say a lot, which I is kind of like, it's not you, it's me. Mm. Um, I'm not going to be able to make you happy. I don't want to disappoint oh, yeah. you. I like that. Um, so yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to respectfully decline. I just feel like you'll be a better fit for someone else. I don't want to disappoint you. I
1: like it. It's so my sister, who's now getting into her 10th year in the business, is kind of at that point where, you know, uh, referrals are coming in more yeah. and, and more connectivity. And so, whereas, you know, a lot of times a brand new agent, it's like, if you bring someone in, you know, you work with them, like you're happy to have a client. And so she's been going through that revelation of, you know, I got this buyer and what he's looking for and this and that and this weird financing and we're going to do all these weird things. I just... I told him it's not going to work out and, yeah. and she was like nervous about it, but I think it's sometimes it's really liberating if well, and if also not
0: Those hard clients can take up so much of your energy and your mm-hmm. time that you're not servicing your really good clients. Yep. And I think that's the thing to recognize is like, it just sucks the life out of
1: you. It can. It mm-hmm. really can. Yep.
0: And you have to be able to kind of differentiate. I think when I first started the same thing where there, you yeah. know, there were times where I was like, but I already have so much time into them. Like I don't want to yeah. do this. I know one time Katie was in the car with me and we uh, let a client go. And like screaming at me, like, you can't fire me. I was like, well, I just did, actually. And I'm going to go, (laughs) because you are insane. (laughs) There comes a point where it doesn't matter how much time you have into it. like It's just not a good fit. And sometimes I think we kind of get abused because they think we're so desperate to have that listing or to have that sale that they're not always very kind.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I remember mom had a guy who she would show houses to three days a week. She'd show two or three houses. Yeah, obviously a different time of market when you can actually have a handful of houses. And she showed him places for like six months. And it was like really clear. I think he was just looking for something to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think he, he still hasn't bought anything to the best of my knowledge. So I started calling him her boyfriend. <laughs>
0: and, uh, I'm sure your dad loved that. Oh yeah. And uh, mom
1: quickly broke up with her boyfriend. Oh so. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I
0: think um we have a funny story. When I first started, there was a, at Windermere, there was a guy from, um Stevensville that called and he said I want to look at this house and it was like a, you know in the 500 maybe 600 thousands mm. um but I am disabled and I need you to come get me and so I'm like Katie hey, do you have to come with me like I'm a little bit nervous about this I don't yeah. you know know anything yeah. about this guy so I pick him up and it was a little awkward like I
2: he, think he was mad I was there as a chaperone yeah he was, <laughs> and he also was also like 80 right yeah, he was
0: <laughs> and he had on his little suit and he had, we picked him up at the post oh. office and like he immediately is like Oh, you have a mole right here while I'm driving. I'm like, uh, dear God, this is where my boy. life ends. <laughs> um, and we show him the house and he's like flushing toilets. Like, yep, this is great. He had zero, like I would never do that now. Yeah. Not because he wasn't a lovely person to hang out with. He sure. was, but he was trying to get me signed up for some kind of religious thing, first oh, of all. Interesting. And secondly, he was not qualified and I just didn't know enough yeah. to ask that question. I was so excited to have a potential buyer. Oh, yeah. um, And Remember we were driving by like the railroad and he was like, I'm thinking about buying the railroad from Denny Washington. I'm like, are you? <laughs> <Or quite? laughs> no, 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 like no. this guy's not real. <laughs> You're the sweetest old guy, but a complete time suck.
1: <laughs> that's the funny thing about this business, right? Like it's, yeah. it's so much you, you it's trial by fire. You learn by either your own wacky experiences or others. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how it goes. So, what, what's
0: yeah. the weirdest thing you've had happen? Cause you've been uh, doing this a long time and I know you've got a good one. Make, Wait. Make sure okay. it's PG-ish.
1: Um, okay. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm trying to think. I'm debating between two. Tell so, them both. So tell them both. So one time I was I, you know, again this is this was early 2000s. So we did not have Google Maps. We did not have you know all the GPS. And I was supposed to show a house that was Upper Miller Creek, but then you kind of bend back up around the mountains, like behind the M. And so the directions were like, you get to four driveways and you take a right on the second. And then By the big two rock. And <laughs> yeah. Business. And I'm like, oh man. And I'm with some people, very nice people, and we are cruising around and we start climbing this like steep grade road. And I'm getting this feeling I am going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> and we come around and here's a lock gate. And so uh, I had to back my Toyota Camry down this <laughs> steep grade road. And we turn around and we get and then we start kind of heading down this road and when it gets to a little bit of a flat part, here's this old guy, uh, with his shotgun and, uh, very upset that we are on his land. And, (laughs) uh, the conversation, which I won't repeat in the podcast because it did complain. It did have a lot of expletives in it, um, (laughs) but he did tip his hand that we had apparently uh, stumbled upon his, um, uh, uh, some sort of grow operation. And oh, so, gosh. And he thought we were the cops coming to get him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so um, it was kind of funny because at first he was just yelling at us, you can't be trespassing. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm a realtor. We took a wrong turn. And uh, yeah, we're leaving. We're going in. And then he but he was like, "He's like, I don't believe you. And he's like, you know, you and your DEA friends, you better come back, guns boys. And <laughs> we're like, okay. Oh, that's, that's scary. All yeah. That
0: could have been dangerous.
1: It could have been. Yeah, it could have been. So Do again, you carry? Do you no, carry? No, I don't actually. I don't. I do. Maybe I should. I don't know.
0: Pop a cap in that guy's ass in oh, a yeah. second. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He would have regretted those he words He would have regretted those words. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, what's the he second had this one? Shotgun was like on
1: the front of his ATV. So it wasn't like he was holding it. He yeah, but that's quiet. still scary. Yeah, it was kind of, it was, but I don't so, know. Yeah. So the second one, so I had an instance where I'm trying to remember, we had a client who was a hoarder to the extreme. And it was a little house out in Elmar Estates down Mullen Road mm-hmm. and listed the house. And like five days before closing, he calls and he's like, how long do I have to get my stuff out of the house after it sells? And uh, we're like, you, you don't. Like, you got to be out <laughs> zero, on zero, zero. time. And so he's like, well, I haven't done anything. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. no. And so over the next five days, because at this point, this was like two thousand two or three, like I was a couple years in the business and mom was, you know, broker owner of remax and managing these agents and doing all these sales. So she's just like, handle it. And it was the biggest circus that is much better told over a 20 minute time span in a bar, uh, with some drinks in hand or, or over a, over a kitchen table or something, because he, uh, basically he, we hired help. And he tried to fire them and was screaming and shouting <laughs> at them. We set him up a storage unit where when we were on site, the storage unit manager at the end casually made point that if we're on his storage units after dark, he has the right to shoot us. <laughs> he, uh, there was a point, I swear to God. I, uh, so I helped emptied out most of the house and we had this huge mountain of garbage in the front and he was just continually just working in his bedroom. He was like really easily distracted.
0: Well, you've watched that and, show now, right? So you know that's how that goes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Seriously, horrors? yeah. I do not really watch it. No, oh, you
0: got to watch it. I, I love that show.
1: Okay, yeah. I don't like watching a lot of job adjacent shows. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, um, but uh, it was funny because there was a point. I'm outside and there's a huge amount of garbage and this like minivan pulls up and this lady gets out and she is hysterical and she's like a girlfriend twice removed or something and this mm. is all her stuff. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I'm outside. I'm trying to empty out his garage at this point. And uh, she goes up and she starts screaming out and the, you can hear it everywhere. And all of a sudden, everything goes quiet. And I'm like, and it is dead silent for minutes. And I'm like, oh, did he kill his girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? And then finally, I hear this, you know, rah, 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 and she slams the door and peels out. But we had so many crazy things like he had a bunch of junk vehicles. And so in Missoula, you file a permit to move junk vehicles, right. and but doors have to be closed on it. So there's this old van and I'm trying to pull the sliding door and then there's like bees all over my arm, wasps, because, <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh my God. And he's like, no, 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 man, those are, those are friendly bees. They're friendly bees. Watch this. He goes out, he starts talking on, and then he just starts screaming because they stung all up and down his arm. <laughs> they weren't friendly bees at all. And so. so we (laughs) are
0: crazy we are
1: we there's so many more extra things but we are so we're like we're 45 minutes away from the buyer walkthrough and we got to get one more junk vehicle out of there uh so we're kind of at the last stretch we've got a tow truck driver that's showing up to get these junk vehicles out he's got one more to go backs up to the uh the the curb there and this part of elmar is like the far end where the curbs are just like it's not like like street curb it's just like a just like a little step Yeah. yeah And the tow truck driver hooks the car up, and takes a step and, and breaks his ankle, like collapses no. in the street. And we've got this mountain of garbage out there. So I grabbed this like couch that we were going to have hauled away and we put the tow truck driver on it. Oh. The tow truck driver, <laughs> he's, he's like screaming. Where's the bees? Uh, the bees, the bees, this this uh the bees are, yeah, Gone. doing something different. Okay, yeah. they're
0: swarming elsewhere. They're
1: swarming elsewhere. This was a different vehicle. So we had to get like multiple vehicles out of there. And oh so the God. buyers are like 30 minutes away now. And. I got this guy and he's screaming. He like blacks out on the couch. <laughs> and so the, here comes the fire department. And so we've got an ambulance and we've got a fire truck and we've got the whole road. you still got junk. <laughs> we still got all this garbage. Um, we uh, we got out of the place 10 minutes before uh, the buyers got there and uh, the mountain of garbage was there, but the garbage pickup was the next day. So they were fine with that. And it was funny because the guy, uh, it was it was a tough situation, He but he he had like, he, all his money was coming from the home sale the next day. And so uh, I think, you know, I gave him like a hundred bucks and I was like, you know, find a hotel, we'll get the closing tomorrow <laughs> and then we'll go from there. And so that night um, I'm having dinner with my family, just kind of reminiscing over the craziness the last few days. And I got a phone call from... Um, uh, the Doubletree Edgewater <laughs> because <laughs> he wanted to get a suite and he didn't have enough money and he was curious if I could give him card. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> So I told him you know awesome. head
1: down the road buddy there's some better options and <laughs> he sure did and we closed it the next oh day. My and God. Like I was telling you when we were out, you know never heard from him again but yeah, yeah so a lot more little crazy details to it but again probably not uh, you know for a pg podcast yeah. probably not.
0: I don't think I've had any of that crazy. I think the oh, worst my. thing is probably showing houses when you walk in on someone that might be sleeping or mm-hmm. other, otherwise. Other I rest. think my worst with you would be that time we were um
2: up north kind of and we went into that house and that there was a very different man who was like a
0: ranch manager or something giving us a tour and oh my god, I forgot about that one. That was super creepy like it was well he had a gun strapped to his leg and there was that was weird we go in the basement and katie was literally like we're dying today you know that right you know what <laughs> i <it> was <laughs> like and that, that where's your lock <laughs> yep yep that, that was, was a good that one. was creepy yeah okay we're gonna wrap this up brent thank you so much yeah, for coming for in me. that was super fun and thank i'd like to have that. you again you bet. if that's good and maybe we'll do it timely next time to kind of more market stats because i i love that you do some really in-depth um, stuff. We appreciate that. Happy and to. from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for your service to well. realtors in general, all the you're boards awesome. and all the stuff that you do. I mean, I I have zero <laughs> patience for that. And I really appreciate <laughs> that you're out there fighting the fight for us. I appreciate it. Well, thank you.
1: That's something mom always impressed upon me. Just, uh, you know, uh, all of us volunteer in our own ways. Yeah. And one of the big things that uh, I like putting back into is our realtor association and our, in our industry. Yeah. So, well,
0: yeah. I know we, as a whole, I can speak for all realtors <laughs> and saying that we <laughs> appreciate that appreciate that very, very much.
1: Thank you. So
0: yeah, good to have you on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. All right. That's it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, uh, Brent, give your real estate page a shout out.
1: Oh yeah. So uh, just, you can find me, it's the Wahlberg team at Windermere. You can find us on social media that way uh, or just Wahlbergteam.com.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And we'll post that in the, uh, in the comments of the podcast as well. Great. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Bye.